Jamie is a partner in crime. On this episode of Framily Fills My Cup, Greg recounts a potential run-in with the law, definite invasion of privacy, and certain infringement on a stranger's sense of security, but all for the sake of love, friendship, and Laurel's birthday. The reputable source, Urban Dictionary, defines the term partner in crime as good friends who get in trouble together or get each other in trouble and laugh about it. This is where our story begins. The year was 2017. Mike Ramey had planned this spectacular surprise birthday party for Laurel, and as a standard for the family, we all immediately started brainstorming how we could surprise our dear, dear friend. Now, Laurel, Jamie, and I, we were all driving down to Newport News together from the DC metro area, so we thought, okay, once we get there, we'll have Mike lure Laurel upstairs. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to her, we will sneak in through the front door right under her nose and hide in the kitchen, and then, surprise, foolproof plan. So sneaky and so fun. So fast forward to the day of the party. Taylor, Jamie, and I, we carpool, and we have a great ride down, just catching up, getting excited for this big surprise and big party, and really just a reunion of great friends. In the car, we, you know, call or text Mike and confirm the plan, and we confirm that all is good to go. So we finally arrive in Newport News, and by this time, it's pretty dark outside. We decide to park away from the house so that there's no way Laurel can see Jamie's car um, and we want to mitigate any chance of ruining the surprise. So by now we all have butterflies because it's just been so long since we've seen each other and we're just so excited and can't wait to see the look on Laurel's face. He's going to be so excited. So we begin our approach across the cul-de-sac. Mind you, we're all in our business professional work attire. And I will never forget what Jamie's wearing in particular. She's wearing this beautiful but bright white pea coat that you can see from literally a mile away. So we're making our way across their lawn, and I look up, and in the upstairs window, I see what I assume to be Mike upstairs. So of course, I wave in excitement. It worked! He took Laurel upstairs, and it's time for us to make our sneaky, sneaky entrance. We had asked Mike to keep the door unlocked for us so that it was easy for us to just creep right in. So just so everyone can visualize this appropriately, we are literally on our tiptoes in a single file line. I'm leading the group, followed by Jamie, and behind Jamie is Taylor. So I walk in first and immediately I'm like, something is not right. They must have redecorated or something. For example, I look to my left and there's a brand new baby stroller and other boxes with baby materials. I don't know. Weird. Because Calvin isn't in the picture yet. But I thought, hey, they have a lot of friends with kids. It's probably a gift. It's probably some sort of party they're preparing for. We didn't think anything of it. We also heard multiple unrecognizable voices in the house. Clearly, someone else was home. Maybe Mike's parents? A neighbor, 
another friend that we just didn't know, we paid it no mind. Okay, so I have to pause here because at this point, Jamie, Taylor, and I are muffling our laughter. We are bursting with excitement and we can't believe that we're about to pull this off. Well, that all changed very quickly. So I turn the corner and I peer into the kitchen and immediately I'm just like, that doesn't look like their kitchen. Then I see a woman cooking dinner with the TV on in the background. A woman who I didn't recognize. And that's when it all clicked. Holy shit. We are in the wrong house. Jamie and I immediately locked eyes, and in that instance, we knew what we had done. We quickly gained our composure and tiptoed right back out the front door and ran for our dear life back to Jamie's car. Honestly, we were in such a rush to get out of there that I don't think I fully closed the door. I didn't want to make any additional noise. So we get to Jamie's car and we're just kind of sitting in silence for a moment. In panic, definitely shaking, there may or may not have been tears. We finally muster up the courage to enter the correct house um, and carry it out a very haphazard surprise moment before confessing our sins, if you will, to our dear friends. That moment was absolutely terrifying. A great story now, but in the moment, I thought I was going to pee my pants. We are so lucky that that story ended the way it did, and I'm truly sorry to that family. I also hope that they never find out that it was us and have since practiced locking their front door. Whether she likes it or not, Jamie is our partner in literal crime. All joking aside, the story is a perfect example of how even through those scary times, Jamie is the type of friend who is always going to be there for you. We just hope that her friendship doesn't involve any further criminal activity. So to wrap up this episode, would you rather be in constant fear that someone is watching you for one year, so constantly looking over your shoulder, someone is watching you, that's happening for a year, or have to stalk someone, say a close friend, in the shadows forever? Forever. Forever. Uh, clarifying question. You said in the shadows, which implies that there's like a physical presence, but there is internet stalking available to us now. In the shadows, physical presence. Wow, okay. So this like takes over your life. Mm-hmm, yeah. Have you seen the Netflix show You? Uh, if you haven't seen that, you should watch that. It's creepy. I've only seen season one, but so creepy. Oh, God, season two is really good, too. I mean, yeah. and it's a close friend, so it's not a stranger. This is like, like one of us stalking each other. But could it be like hanging out all the time? No, <laughs> in the shadows. I think I, selfishly, I have to go with being watched for a year because I'm not ready to choose stalker as my full time commitment. I would also pick the same thing because I'm already fairly anxious and I can transfer to 
like I can I can apply my anxiety to anything so I'm happy to get in a little like neck stretch to look over my shoulder while I'm afraid of being stalked for a year I don't know think about I mean that's just how you feel for a year it could turn into something more serious well that wasn't part of the scenario (laughs) I think think through the whole scenario I did up to the point of one year (laughs) (laughs) well the repercussions of the other option are a lifetime so even if you have anxiety for more than a year you're stuck stalking somebody for your whole life yeah forever is a very long time okay I should have thought through that maybe like brains more (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do we think what Jamie would Jamie say oh. oh um I kind of feel like she would um lurk among the shadows <laughs> but I feel good. like it would be paid by the government <laughs> and she would have like what we would all think is a normal day job but she would actually be lurking in the shadows, stalking people. And I'm not convinced that she's not already doing that. <laughs> I, I was find it fun. <laughs> True. I was going to say the same one, the, the stalker for life, but I didn't have a good um, justification, just a feeling. She just reads stalker. 